0: and all that Uh, we just do (laughs) sorry out of breath we do have one announcement this morning and i need miss jackie lyman to come up here and she is going to talk about our women's ministry day that is coming up and i'm super super excited for that i know we've been talking about it planning it Um, i'm so excited for her to give the details Um, so please give a round of applause to miss jackie
1: Well, good morning. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm sorry it took so long. But anyway, I don't even know why I brought this piece of paper up here because I never say what's on it. But any, this, is, this is just a wonderful day. I want to thank each and every one of you for making women's ministry what it is today. And I have this little piece of paper, and I, you know, but God told me something different this morning, of course. He told me to stick with the facts. So I'm going to stick with the facts. Do you have a tissue? The fact is that every woman in this building has made the women's ministry what it is today. That's the fact. And the fact is, last year was such a success that we're so looking forward to this year. But on March the 13th, please mark this on your calendar at 5 o'clock, we're going to celebrate each and every woman at SeaWalk. We're going to have an elegant dinner We're going to transform the foyer into an elegant restaurant. I hope y'all don't like the teriyaki chicken because I want to take it home with me because I have just craved it ever since I saw it on the menu. But in order to do this, you do have to purchase a ticket, and the tickets are $15. And each person has to have a ticket. So please see myself. Or either Pat Mobley after the service to buy your ticket. And bring someone with you. I, I mentioned this to some of my friends, and they were like, Yes, I'm coming. I said, Okay, well, come on. And I'll catch my breath in a minute. And the other fact is that every woman sitting in this building is a child of God. We're a daughter of the Most High God. And we as women have to come together. And stand by one another and give each other strength when we need strength, joy when we need joy, a hug when we need a hug. Because my life has just been really rough since January the 19th, I mean July the 19th of last year. It's been really rough. But I had a breakthrough today. Thank you, Jesus. My husband got in his truck and went to McDonald's and got his own breakfast this morning for the first time since July the 19th. (laughs) So, yeah, this is the second time, this is the second time. But anyway, I got up here to say this. Please mark your calendar for March the 13th at 5 o'clock. We shall have a guest speaker. Her name is Susan Todd. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of Susan, but Susan can bring the word of God. She is a mighty woman of God. And so we have an elegant night plan for you guys. You can wear your furs and your jewels or whatever you want to do, or come in your jeans. It doesn't matter but I do so hope to see each and every one of you there. And please, please stop by the Welcome Center and pick up a ticket today. Thank you. I'm gonna breathe here in a minute.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, uh, to- uh, meeting Susan Todd and hearing her speak, I have not had the option or the choice to uh, hear her. I've heard really great things. So yes, if you can, please women, please be there. I'm super excited. When we were planning this, I was like, you know what? I kind of go with elegant. I'm like, I don't ever leave my house, okay? I want something nice. I'm looking forward to it. I need something to get me out of the house. I'm ready to be here and celebrate with y'all. Um, if everyone can stand up, we are going to say our faith statement. Also, if you are new here, or maybe this is your second second time being here, please fill out a connection card. All right, they're right on the welcome center. Please go out in the foyer and please fill those out. We would love to give you a gift. Okay. Um, all right, our faith statement. Let's go. Say it loud and proud. Like I said last week, loud and proud. Okay. Ready? We are sword drawn, word ready, purpose filled. We will not be denied. And in Jesus' name. Will do everything, not somehow, but triumphantly. All right, let's worship.
2: It helps with the microphones so on. Come on, come on, we invite you. When I don't even have to have a voice this morning. Cause he's worthy.
3: He's done so much for me. I'll sing till I can't sing anymore. Come on, let
2: Worship. Come on, that's how heaven can join earth. Do you not think when we worship like this that the very angels around the throne room are going, oh yeah, that's our song too. We singing it too. We worship it too. Come on, that's how you experience the presence. they were singing, they were falling down in worship. Just constant worship over and over and over and over. You know, we in America are so spoiled, we get tired after 15 minutes of singing together on a Sunday. We get tired, we get aggravated. We say, why are they singing this song over and over? I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. You will only worship to the degree that you see God is worthy. You will only worship to the degree that you see God worthy. To me, that's why I look like an idiot up there sometimes. That's why I'm singing with hardly no voice. Because for me, the worth that I see in it, is far beyond anything that I could really express without blowing up up here. Because I know what He's done for me. I know what He's done for my family. I know what He's done for some of y'all. Come on, don't make me worship for you. I know what He's done. I know what He's done. Right? So when we come together corporately like this, there's just a extra kind of power that we get. So don't take it for granted. Get in there. Worship Jesus. Don't worry about who's looking at you. I can see all of you. Ain't nobody looking at you. I'll go ahead and help you now. Nobody's looking at you. Do what you need to do to show Him His worth. Do what you've got to do to be thankful and grateful. Show Him how grateful you are. Come on, because He did it for us. Everything that He did was for your benefit. It was for your benefit made a way for you. Come on, let's sing the veil. Come on. The veil is torn. The The doors fling wide. I see a glorious I I run inside the room. Come on, he died for you so that veil could be torn. I die.
3: The veil is torn. The veil is torn. The doors fling wide. I see glory. glorious I run before it is If you're in here today
2: and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus Christ, you're like, y'all are just, that's just too much. But I can promise you when you surrender your life to Jesus, ask him to forgive you of your sins and make the effort to live his way, which is the best way, you get such peace Such fulfillment, such satisfaction. His peace so fills you that you quit searching here and there to bring yourself some joy or some peace. Because that's what he does. If you need Jesus today, if you want to ask him to save you and to be your Lord, you can just do that right where you are. You can come to this altar, you can ask somebody to It's just as simple as saying, "Jesus, I'm sorry for trying to do everything my way, for living a sinful life. Forgive me, my sins. I believe You died on the cross for me. I believe You rose again, and that You have."
4: I get to do something that is really cool about being the lead pastor I get to dedicate a baby so I'm super excited and not just the baby but my little buddy Logan y'all guys can come the Cockrell family and the Chapel family can come up here me and Logan are such good friends he's come over to my apartment before he's my buddy and I'm convinced Ezra and Logan are going to be out little besties so I'm looking forward to that all right, and Logan has outshone all of y'all already with inviting new people to church. So I'm just going to say, learn from little evangelist Logan over here, and we need to get, get people into church. Hey, sweet boy. Yeah, you guys can come on and stretch down. Absolutely. Isn't it exciting to have more babies in the church? Y'all, this is, a, this is a live church. Like this is a thriving, growing live church. And we got a whole bunch of spouses that love one another. Cause man, we are, we are producing some children. That is for sure. I need to do like a marriage seminar. We got some healthy marriages in here, man. So first I want to address the family, right? And so a dedication of this sweet boy is not a guarantee of salvation. It's not a guarantee of that because it's a choice when he gets older. But what a dedication is, is that the family and the parents especially are dedicating their lives as parents to setting an example, to setting an atmosphere, to setting that Christian home of loving parents, showing the love of Jesus to their baby boy. And Derek, I'm just going to say, man, it busts my heart to see how much you love your son. Because that's rare in our day and age that a father would step up like this at such a young age and love his little boy. So, man, I'm just going to say you're already setting a beautiful example for your wife and for your little man and for children to come. Yes, he is. He's a good daddy, isn't he, baby? Yeah, he's like, yeah, all attention, all eyes on me. But listen, family, this, this is you coming alongside these parents. And this is a decision. And the thing about this is, God, that little smile is so cute. This, this is an everyday choice. This is an everyday choice to wake up and say, today I'm gonna to be Jesus to my child. Today I'm gonna to wake up and I'm gonna show Jesus. And we're gonna be careful about what atmospheres we allow him to be in. And we're gonna be careful about what we do around him because we're setting the example for this little baby boy. As he grows up with all these aunties all over the place and all these little cousins everywhere, you guys are the example for him. You guys are the example to raise this baby boy. And so I'm gonna ask you a question. Are you willing to dedicate your lives to raising this baby boy in a Christian atmosphere? Are you willing? Will you dedicate your lives to raising this baby boy in the path he should go? Because Proverbs 22, six tells us this, the way you raise a child, if you raise them the proper way, surely they will not leave it later on in life. And for someone who has Christian parents, I ran but I came back because that truth was instilled in me to come back to a loving father. And so will you guys dedicate your lives? Yes. Church family, because it truly does take a village to raise a baby. It's a misconception in the American society that you can be isolated away from family. Will you, church family, dedicate your lives to raising this baby in a Christian atmosphere? That's awesome. It sounds like we are all on board with one another. And church family, family, will you stretch your hands towards this baby boy as we pray over this sweet baby boy in his life? Lord God, we come to you right now. And we dedicate this sweet little baby boy, Logan, to your kingdom, Lord. And we dedicate our lives to seeing that this baby boy is raised the right way. Not that we won't mess up. Not that we won't have flaws and show him things that maybe shouldn't happen. But that we will choose every day to be an example of Jesus in this baby boy's life. And that Derek and Kelsey will raise this child in a Christian household, showing how parents should love one another, showing how they should love their children. So, Lord God, we dedicate this baby boy to you and we dedicate our lives to making sure that this baby boy is raised the proper way, seeking you, showing the love of the father to this baby boy. Lord God, we dedicate this sweet child to you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. And mommy and daddy, we want to give you a baby Bible and a certificate. And know you're getting all wrapped up. Can we hear a round of applause for this baby boy entering into the family? Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys. And this cute little guys, you guys can be seated. <laughs> yeah, we need the Lion King song going on right now. <laughs> all right, guys, it is time to give. Pastor Charlie is going to lead us into our time of giving, so will you please get your tithes and offerings ready?
5: Good morning. Now's the come time of service where we have the honor, and I say it is an honor because we get the opportunity to give back a portion of what God has given us. So if you can stand with me today and take your tithes and your offering in your hand. We're going to say our faith statement over our tithes and offering, and then we'll let you come forward and bring your tithes and offering. As we receive today's offering, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decreased, blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel Jesus Christ, hallelujah, you can bring your offering forward.
4: With little ones all over the place and worship, and y'all, it's just I'm blessed. I'm blessed, and blessed to have you guys here with us today. So I want to welcome everyone in house, and it's great to have the whole cockerel clan with us today. That's awesome. I want to welcome everyone online. It is great to have you guys with us today. Who enjoyed our friends and family day last week? Yeah, I had a great time. It was a lot of fun. We had people give their hearts to Jesus, and what more is amazing than that? That's that's why we're here. So last week, obviously, I just I preached the gospel and I had a great time doing it. I I had a lot of fun. Um, And so we're taking the next step and we're stepping into the next part of the story today. And I hope today encourages all of us, even me. And I hope today challenges all of us, even me. I've noticed that usually whenever I prepare a sermon, it's usually uh, more for me than it is for you guys. So apparently I got a lot I need to work on. Jesus trying to tell me something. So this past week, well, a little over a week ago, we hosted the um, Great Commission Mill for the conference. And it's for all um, missions in the South Carolina conference. And honestly, guys, if if I can be a little honest with you, I felt convicted. I felt very convicted that we in this church are not doing more for missions. Um, This church, if you can't see all these flags all around us, and if you can't even hear it in our name, Crossroads World Outreach Center, we have lost our focus on the world Um, And so right here, every family was supposed to get. It's not per person. It's for every family unit because we as a church, it's 31 days. It's super cool. It deals with the region of the world where our missionaries are. And it even tells you what day. It's like day one, day two. It even goes through. It's the region of the world, what they are specifically asking for, prayer-wise, and then the actual missionaries who are active over there. So this is amazing. We, so start with your family tomorrow. We're reading and praying through this as a families, as family units. We're starting with day one tomorrow. And then when Sun next Sunday rolls around, we are going to do it as a corporate body. We're going to pray for our missionaries and the region of the world. So we as a church and a church family will be emphasizing missions again and putting forth the effort to seeing the Great Commission literally coming to pass before our very eyes. So we are putting an emphasis back into missions. You guys know my story. I thought I was going to be a missionary overseas. That's why I went to college. And so for a while there, I felt like I lost sight and I was convicted in my heart. But we as a church are going to put forth more effort to seeing the Great Commission come to pass before our very eyes. And so, as you can see, the title of the sermon today is The Great Commission. So, if you have your Bibles or your smart devices, we're going to have two main passages. It's going to be Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, and Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. So, as is our custom in a minute, I'll have you stand up as we read the Word of God, but first I want to set the stage. And so after Jesus rises from the dead, he comes back to his disciples. And last week I preached the gospel, man. We, we got really got into that thing. And so after Jesus rises from the dead, praise God that he did, he comes back to his disciples and he tells them what is to come and what they are to do and what they will experience. Because at this point, they don't know what comes next. And so this is what Jesus tells them. So if you would please stand with me, as is the custom here at Crossroads, we're going to stand for the reading of God's word for these two short passages. Matthew chapter 28, verse, starting in verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed them. First off, that already tells me they were obedient. They were obedient to what Jesus said to them. But verse 17 is also important. It says, when they saw him, they worshipped him. Amen. Praise God. But listen to this. Some doubted. Can I tell you, Jesus is not afraid of your doubt. Jesus is not afraid of your doubt. He does not give up on you when you doubt. Verse 18 says this. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, And of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Y'all, he is with us. He is with us even today, even now, even in this moment. He said, lo, I am with you, even to the end of the age. That's the culmination of history. He is with us. And then if you would turn to Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4. Acts chapter 1, flip over to the right. Three, three short chapters and you will be there. Starting in verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Thank you. You may be seated. And Holy Father, God, I just pray right now that as I speak, it would just be your words coming through me. That as I am a man of unclean lips, King Jesus, I just pray that you would cleanse my lips right now just to speak the words you have given me. To communicate effectively what is the Great Commission, why does it matter, and why must we see it to its fulfillment. So, King Jesus, I just pray that everyone in this room already has but will experience you in a new way. Your presence, your glory, your goodness, your kindness, your mercy, and most importantly, your love. That transforms our hearts. So, King Jesus, we give this whole day to you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. So, first and foremost, we have to understand this is the great commission, not the great suggestion. This is the great commission, not the great suggestion. Jesus didn't say, hey, if you feel like it, you should go and kind of tell maybe like two or three people about me. It'd be cool. Like, I'd really appreciate it. No, Jesus looks at them. And what did Jesus say in John? He said, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And so this this is the great commission, not the great suggestion. So what does that mean for us as Christians? This is a non-negotiable purpose as a child of God and as a disciple of Jesus Christ. This is a non-negotiable, do you hear me? A non-negotiable purpose. This is what we are called to do. This is why we're here. This is why the church is here. And can I tell you, it's the greatest honor we could ever have to be given such a beautiful ministry, to But not just given, but entrusted with. Entrusted to steward, which means to take care of and to to walk in and to grow. So what does the Great Commission look like in the modern day? What does that look like for us? And so we're going to look at the instructions that Jesus gave us. I got a handy dandy map (laughs) that made me think of Dora the Explorer. (laughs) Map, map. Okay, I'm going to stop. We have a handy dandy map. And so they were in Jerusalem. Let's find it. Oh, look at that. Y'all, this is a powerful point. I might, I might get some of y'all in a minute. They were in Jerusalem. Yeah, cover your eyes. They were in Jerusalem. Look, this is Jerusalem right here. So Jesus says, stay in Jerusalem. And he says, witness to all of Jerusalem. So what does that mean for us? What does that even mean? That means your city. That means your community. That means Columbia, South Carolina. We're going to look at some statistics about Columbia just downtown. But listen, that means your city. So Jesus was saying, where you are in your city, share the gospel. Share the gospel. And then he says, expand to local regions of Judea. He says, all of Judea. That's this whole big square right here. And all of Samaria. So what does that mean for us? That, that is national missions. That is other states. Us for the East Coast. That's North Carolina. That's Georgia. That's Florida. That's Virginia. And so Jesus was saying, after you take it to your whole city, then expand. That's national missions. But for the sake, we're just going to include all of this in local missions because it's in our country. It's in our nation. So Jesus says, start where you are. But listen, he said, once that's completed, then go. He didn't say talk to one person and leave because you think you're called to something bigger or better. He said, when this is complete in all of Jerusalem, then you go out and you minister to the rest of the nation. And then after that, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. He says, to the very ends of the earth, that's all this that's. Us, the Gentiles, that's everyone. He says, take the gospel everywhere. And so I need you all to look at me and listen to me right now in this moment. I need you to hear something very crucial that you may not know about yourself. You are all called to be missionaries. You, every single, if your heart belongs to Jesus Christ and you have surrendered to him and he is Lord and you are walking in this thing called union with him, you are called to be a missionary in your context. What does that look like? That's your workplace. That's your home. That's maybe the school you go to. Wherever you are, you are called to take the gospel wherever you are. But y'all, there was something that that hit me in Acts chapter one, verse eight. I just got to talk about this a second. I just y'all, I got to talk about this. Jesus says this. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. We y'all we got to talk about this real quick. Because something came up in my spirit, and a lot of us in this church, we may feel meek. We may feel, in, we may feel inadequacy to share the gospel. I would have never in a million years thought I would be a pastor of a church, especially not this one. I would have never thought I would have the power in me to preach the gospel. But listen, this is a promise from the king. A thing about kings is this. When they pass a verdict, they put their sign of approval, nothing can stop it. They can't even change their own word. And so when Jesus says, but first you shall receive power, that was a promise to you. Do you hear me? That was, a, that was a promise to you. That wasn't just something he said might happen. If you are a believer of Jesus Christ, he didn't say go minister and kind of figure out on your own. He said, I will empower you. He said, I will give you everything you need. This word power means empowerment. And what that means is that He will fill every single need that you have for every single situation. This is power straight from the Father. This is the power of God in you. This is the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. Do you need wisdom? Guess what? He's got you. Do you need boldness to speak? Guess what? He's got you. You need peace? He's got you. You need encouragement. You need courage. Whatever you need in that moment. Y'all, he's got you. He pours out. He overflows. He empowers for every situation. Not every situation is going to be the same. The Lord's not always going to take you to the same places. But the very power over life and death now dwells in your mortal body. Now dwells inside of you the very power over life and death. And those of you who aren't Christians probably think I sound absolutely insane right now. But I have nothing to fear because I am empowered to preach the gospel. And so I can say things that make me look crazy to the world because I have been emboldened and empowered and given boldness and courage to preach the gospel to a world that thinks I'm crazy. And so that power he gives you fills every single need. It's not just strength. It's not just courage. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's a knowledge when you don't know what to say. It's a wisdom when you're going through a really hard situation. So what should we fear when we share the gospel? Through his power, he will give you the words to speak and the actions to take. But can I tell you, if he calls, it, calls you to it, he's going to empower you through it. If he calls you to it, he's going to then empower you through it, y'all, because it ain't easy sharing the gospel. It ain't easy. I have literally had people spit in my face before. It's not easy to share the gospel, but he will empower you in everything that you're doing. So right now, I want to do something kind of bold. I'm going to do something kind of bold on my part because I don't know if there's going to be a response, and that can be scary. But if you have never physically felt the power of God, if you have never felt his glory and presence upon you, I want you to raise your hands right now. I want you to raise your hands right now. If you've never felt the power of the Spirit come upon you mightily to share the gospel, I want you to to raise your hands for prayer. Or if you have not felt that power in a really long time, y'all, we can be honest with one another. We're not hyper-spiritual in this church. If you have not felt the presence, don't don't negate this moment just because you don't want people to judge you because it changes now. Today is the day. Today is the day of empowerment. If you have not felt that power in a really long time, I just want you to raise your hands because I'm going to do it too. Y'all, don't don't miss the, y'all, we cannot miss this. Thank you. We cannot miss it, y'all. If we miss the moment, then it passed by us. And guess what? That's a moment lost. Every moment we choose Jesus is a moment we go closer to our purposes. So, you know, I'm going to raise my hands. And those of you who raise your hands, I want you to raise your hands. If you want to feel that power or you have not felt it in a really long time, I'm praying right now, God, right now in this moment. Right now, because I'm bold, man, I'm feeling that power right now. In My very being, I feel it. I feel it encouraging me. Right now, Holy Spirit, I just pray we would breathe you in. Y'all breathe in right now. Breathe them in, y'all, because he is is what we live in. He is how we move, how we breathe, how we have our very being. And so, Holy Spirit, I just pray for power right now as we are here in one accord, seeking the presence, seeking the power, seeking the glory. And for those who didn't raise their hand but wish they could, I pray for those right now, in this moment, right now, Jesus, empower us. Give us a boldness to share the gospel that we would walk in purpose, this non-negotiable purpose of a child of God. So guys, pray for power right now in this moment to infill us, to indwell us, to take us to the next level. Right now in the name of Jesus, I pray this. Right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I just need some of y'all to start saying Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Right now, Jesus, 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 the name that is above all names, the name that is worthy of all praise, Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lord God Almighty. Lord God, send your power to your people. Empower us to share the gospel. Empower us to bring in the lost. Empower us to reach our lost family members. Empower us to preach the gospel, to speak even when the world denies us, when culture thinks we're crazy, when society pushes us to the outside. King Jesus, let us love those people. Give us the power to love them. Give us the power to speak truth and life over them. King Jesus, we just, y'all say Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, we need you every day, every hour. King Jesus, give us the power and fill us. Lord God, let those who don't even know what they're missing, fill your presence right now. Let those who don't even know what this power is, fill your power right now, Lord God. Let it rise up in them throughout the week where they don't even know what's come upon them. Let those who are quiet in this church preach the gospel. Let those who are quiet in this church pray out loud. Let those who are meek in this church walk out in boldness and truth and lay hands on the sick and the needy. God, don't let us miss this moment. Don't let us miss this moment because we're afraid of what our families are going to think. Don't let us miss this moment because we're afraid of what our friends are going to think. Lord God, none of this matters. It's only you. Only you matter in this moment, King Jesus. We are asking that you pour out upon us a new boldness, a new power, a new courage to share the gospel, the the life-changing, life-transformative message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Holy Father God, we solidify this prayer in your mighty name in your mighty, worthy, worthy, worthy name, worthy above all other names, worthy, worthy for all of my life to spend all of my life preaching this message, worthy for me to never do anything in society again but just to preach your message. You are worthy, God. You are worthy of every every breath I breathe. It's your lung, it's your air in my lungs and you give me this body. You've given me everything and you are worthy. Some of y'all need to know right now that he loves you. He's not mad at you. And your sin does not make him hide. He, he's actually drawn to your sin because he's the only one who can free you. So right now in this moment, Jesus, I just pray if someone is someone is seeking for something, their soul has not been satisfied. It doesn't matter how much sex they have. It doesn't matter how much they drink. It doesn't matter how many drugs they do. They're not satisfied. There's always more. Their soul is always longing for the creator. So right now, creator God, I just pray that you reveal yourself in a new way, that throughout this week, even if they leave this building and took nothing home, I just pray that throughout this week, you just, you do things that they're like, okay, this is weird. This can only be God. This can only be a higher power. This, This, can only be something outside of myself. God, open doors and shut doors. God, sometimes you gotta take everything away from us before you can give us everything that we need. So right now, this moment, God, I just pray you do what only you can do. Right now, in this moment, God, do what only you can do. I pray that minds are being opened, hearts are being opened, that things that have been wounded in the past are being mended right now in the name of Jesus, that just at one glimpse of Jesus, our lives are changed. Lord God, I just pray that everyone in this room understands that we're not screaming hellfire and brimstone, but we're screaming the love of the Father. We are screaming John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Mm, Not that the world would be condemned through him, but that the world would be saved through him. We're preaching the love of the Father, not hellfire. Lord God, I just pray they would feel your love right now, that the condemnation would seep away, that the past mistakes would seep away, and that they would see a vision of the Father, of the goodness and love and mercy that resides in his very being, because that is who you are, Father. Father God, we, we openly receive your power. Right now, God, we receive it. We receive it, and we thank you and praise you in advance for what we are going to see. In mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God, y'all got me all worked up up here. Got me sweating up here. Jeez. Local missions, local missions. Matthew 25, verse 40. It's one of the most beautiful verses in the entirety of the whole scripture. And it says this, and the king will answer and say to them, sure, assuredly, I say to you, it is much as you did to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Let's talk about some practical ways we can participate in local missions because we're not hyper spiritual in this church. There are real life things you can do to impact people's lives in a positive, positive way. By the way, that's Columbia, if you can't tell. That's our city. We are the hands and the feet of Jesus. One thing that we as Crossroads are going to be doing is we're going to be partnering with a ministry called The Real Church. So what they do is that they have a ministry in Finley Park and just in the past couple of months... Since COVID, they've already seen like 400 people give their hearts to Jesus, homeless people. And they're ministering to them and they're teaching them and they're teaching them to preach the gospel to other people. But did you know in in our city alone of Columbia, there is confirmed 900 homeless people living on the streets? 900, that's confirmed. That's not after COVID, people losing their jobs, losing their homes, not being able to afford life. That's 900 confirmed homeless people. And this statistic is from almost two years ago probably far more now, 900 confirmed homeless. We can work in these in college. I worked with the Oliver Gospel Mission. Y'all, there are things we can do to minister to the needy and the lost because Jesus said, what you do to one of the least of these, you have done to me. We have the truck ministry here at Crossroads, which is where we go and we, we do people's lawns. We do things around their house that they're not capable of doing for whatever purpose. There are real ministries in this church. I didn't want to put up 50 bajillion slides, but our outreach program serves 35 plus families in need every month for our food pantry. That's 35 plus families that we are. And you can volunteer. You can help with that. These are practical ways to walk in real life ministry. Some of you really have a desire in your heart to help those who have lost. Well, guess what? People to People Ministries is a part of our denomination, our conference. You can contact them. They're looking for volunteers, they're looking for money. It's disaster relief. Example just in Kentucky, from the Kentucky tornadoes alone, they lost 1,000 plus buildings. These were jobs. These were business places. These were homes. There are people who currently lost everything in the destruction of a tornado. And if your heart is to help, that's a beautiful way to contribute to local missions. Disaster relief. They need people. This is one of my favorite ministries in Lexington. It is literally a Missions Lexington. You can donate money and possessions. When Miss Serena and I have some really nice stuff we're not using, guess where we take it? We take it here because we know people who are in need are going to receive something. And guess what? What we do to the least of these is attributed to Jesus, and that's attributed to us. We can give money, possessions, but you can also volunteer. If you have got some free time on your hands and you want to do something, volunteer at one of these ministries. There are so many options. We have the golf tournament coming up. The golf tournament that's raising funds to support Turbyville Children's Home. That's a beautiful way. Contribute money. Actually, after service, they're going to open up the gym. And, y'all, they have 760 golf clubs for sale. So if you're a golfer and you want to check it out, please go over because you are giving to a beautiful cause. And the list goes on and on. If the activity you're doing is literally, y'all, your workplace, you could serve a cup of coffee and do local missions. Like whatever you do, you could print a paper and hand it to someone with love and you're literally doing local missions. And so if the activity is literally you being the hands and feet of Jesus with the love of Jesus in your heart, that's local missions. That's what we need to give our time and our efforts to. And we here at Crossroads are going to be doing more. We're going to be partnering with other ministries and giving you opportunities to sow into the kingdom. We listen, y'all, and I call it partnering because we're not just giving money; we're partnering in ministry. We're coming alongside one another and seeing something built here, and that's happening in the near future. We, as a body, must do more. But I also realize in my own life, I must do more. There's more that I must do to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to me, this is one of the most crucial right here. Serving and giving is great. Please do not get me wrong. I want you to serve. This church needs you to serve. The kingdom needs you to give of your efforts and your time. And listen, it takes money to do ministry. It's just a fact, man. That's the way of the world. It takes money to do ministry. So we need you to serve and we need you to give. That's absolutely amazing. But, but listen, this is the thing. And I've done this in my own life. Some of us use those things, those activities, as a cop-out. Hoping that we'll never have to actually speak the gospel to someone because it's scary. Because it's scary to be rejected. It's scary for people to attack you for what you believe. It's scary. And so a lot of the times I myself have used activities. (laughs) I've used activities as a cop out. So while I was doing things for Jesus, I wasn't doing one of the main things Jesus had called me to do. And that's to share the gospel. Luke chapter 10, verse 2 says this. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great but the laborers are few therefore pray the lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest can i tell you we have begged long enough for a move of god you are the move of god you are the move of god in this passage when they're praying the holy spirit had not come yet do you understand that jesus was praying for who us y'all we are the laborers you are the move of god that your family needs You are the move of God that your friends need. You are the move of God that your community needs. So guess what that means? Get out and move. That means get out and walk as Jesus. Get out into the community. You are the kingdom of God. Did you know that? You are the kingdom of God. He's literally living in your very being. Go conquer and reclaim for the kingdom. Y'all, you have the authority and the power in you to conquer and reclaim for the kingdom. You are the laborers. We no longer have to sit and pray Luke chapter 10, verse 2. How beautiful is that? It's us. It's me, Josh. It's you. Jody, it's you. It's us. We're the laborers. We're the ones who are called to be sent out. Matthew four nineteen says this. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. First, I need you to know he is with you. How comforting is that to know that you're not by yourself? No matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter who you're ministering to, He is with you. Second is this. The church was literally established to spread the gospel and to make disciples. We were not made to sit in a Sunday morning and do nothing else. That is not why the church was established. The church was established to spread the gospel and then to make disciples of those who received the implanted word of God. Y'all, we got to get them to church however we can. Do y'all hear me? Y'all, me too, I gotta get my neighbors here however I can. Whatever that means, if you need to bribe them with lunch after church, save a little money, a little extra money up and pay for their lunch. Y'all, they gotta get in here. Y'all, there is a world full of hopelessness. Y'all, the suicide rate has gone through the roof. Depression rates, through the roof. Drug addiction, through the roof. Sex addiction, through the roof, y'all. We gotta get people here. If our heart is not longing for this, we need to seek the Lord deeper. We need to seek God. What is going on in my heart? Whether you are at home, at the church, or at Walmart, fulfill the Great Commission. Do you hear me? Whether you are at home, whether you are at church, whether you are at your workplace, or Walmart, fulfill the Great Commission. An example, me, William, and C.E. were at, uh, what was it, Waffle House yesterday morning. Y'all, CE asked, asked the waitress if he could pray for her. Y'all, she about jumped out her shoes because she needed prayer. And then another lady walks over and says, yes, I need that prayer too. Y'all, people are receptive, I'm telling you. In a world full of hopelessness, they are looking for hope. Get em here. Whatever you got to do, you want to see your family saved? Get them here. You want to see your friends saved? Get them here. Y'all, I don't want to hear any more about you wanting family salvation if you're not doing anything to get them here. Fulfill the Great Commission, y'all. It's a non-negotiable purpose. It's not the Great Suggestion. It's the Great Commission. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you have been commissioned. You have been sent out to take the life and the word and the truth to the world. I'm not here to play church, man. And this is not just a church for saved people. This is a church for the lost. I came here to see lost people find Jesus. Jesus. Y'all, we got to evangelize and we got to stand tall when we do it. Romans 1.16 says this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Y'all, we need more Christians standing up and saying, I am not ashamed. Those of you who like tattoos and got tattoos, y'all need Romans 1.16 on you. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Mm, some of y'all say that, say it. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Can we see that? It says for everyone who believes, not the elite, not the highest class, for everyone who believes the gospel, the arms of God are open wide for the world. Listen, culture and society may call you stupid. They might call you ignorant and you will be persecuted. I'm telling you right now, you will be called stupid. You'll be called a fool and you may even lose friends over this. But preach the gospel. Y'all, I'm telling you, there's nothing more worth, listen, than seeing someone give their heart to Jesus, to see a life transformed. Me and my wife were just talking yesterday. If Jesus can save one of us, we know he can save anybody, man. Oh, boy, I'm not going to get into everything I did. But, boy, if Jesus could save me, if Jesus could redeem my life, I know for a fact no one is too far from the hands of Jesus. It's going to get harder and harder in America, y'all. It's going to get harder and harder in America. We live in a post-Christian America. I'm about to read y'all some statistics that are about to blow your mind. But can I tell you, brothers and sisters, we must press on. Listen, brothers and sisters, because you are my brothers and sisters, we must press on, y'all. We must have more boldness than before. We must press on. People need us. They need Jesus, y'all. They need Jesus. They need us to put our pride aside. They need us to put our insecurities aside. They need us to put our inadequacies aside and just preach Jesus. Y'all, that's what they need. They don't need self-help. They need Jesus. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 17 says this. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Y'all, there are people dying all around us. Every second someone dies. Every second, y'all. And it blows my mind to even think about the existential crisis that puts me in. I'm just like, woo, that's crazy. There are people all around us on the broad road to destruction. Your coworkers, your family, your friends. Y'all, they have a horrible, horrible fate. I'm not even gonna get into it because the Bible gives us Imagery. Gives us figurative language, but y'all I'm not even getting into that place called hell right now. But y'all, it's horrible. It's horrible. And we as family, we as friends, how will they know if we don't tell them? How will they know if we don't show them? How will they know if we don't influence them? So guess what? I'm sending all of you out. Do you hear me? Right now, in this moment, I'm prepping you to go out and fulfill the Great Commission. Right now, in this moment, your families won't have an excuse for not hearing. Your families won't have an excuse for not showing. Your families won't have an excuse for not having anyone influence them. Because today, I'm sending you out. How would they know if no one preaches, if no one's sent out? We don't got to worry about that in this church anymore. I'm sending you all out. This is a commission today. This is us stepping into the non-negotiable purpose of being a child of God. You all have the knowledge of God and the gospel. You all have the capability to communicate the gospel. The Holy Spirit will empower you with everything you need each time. And y'all, it's time. The harvest is plentiful. Only 25% of millennials attend church. And that's not even on a weekly basis. 25% of millennials. And only 29% of Gen X go to church. Only 33% of Americans attend church. And that may only be on a holiday. That may be one time a year, y'all. We live in a post-Christian America because we as the church have neglected our purpose. We as the church have came and sat. We've been comfortable. It's been convenient, and it's been easy. But nowhere in the Bible do I ever, say, ever see Jesus say, this thing's going to be easy. Nowhere do I ever see Jesus said this thing's going to be all right and comfortable. No, Jesus said, you will be persecuted. He said, I am sending you out like a dove amongst wolves. But today, y'all, today is the day. My generation is lost, y'all. They're not even in church. They don't know Jesus. Your family and your friends, y'all, they don't know Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 15, 18 through 21 says this. Now all things are of God who has reconciled himself, sorry, us to himself through Jesus and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Given us, y'all, he's given us the ministry of Reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Not imputing their trespasses. For those of you who think God is an angry God, I need you to hear this. He was not even judging them for what they had done. He was judging Jesus instead. I need y'all to hear that. Not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us us, the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Hmm. As though God were pleading through us, y'all. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. When was the last time you said to someone, please, I love you, know God? When was the last time we walked in this ministry of reconciliation? And I see a lot of convicted faces because I felt the same way. When was the last time we as ambassadors, that means we are standing in the place of Christ. When was the last time we implored? Do you know what that means? That means beg somebody. Please, please know Jesus. When was the last time they saw the passion in us so heavily they said, okay, there's something going on here. I need to see what's going on here. When was the last time we did that? For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Y'all, that's the gospel right here. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You were made for such a time as this. Every single one of you in this building, you were made for such a time as this. And the ministry of reconciliation has been given to us. And there is, there is no ministry more beautiful, no ministry more beautiful than seeing lives redeemed. There's nothing more beautiful than seeing a drug addict freed from addiction. There's nothing more beautiful than seeing a prostitute clean and having a healthy family and a healthy marriage. There's nothing more beautiful than redemption. Y'all, if you heard Colton's story over here, your mind would be blown. Colton is a walking, talking story of redemption. We have redemption stories in this house. I have a redemption story. If you've given your heart to Jesus, you have a redemption story so you know how beautiful it is. When a life is redeemed by the gospel, there's nothing more beautiful than seeing a soul reconciled to the Father, their Creator, and knowing that they are loved, and knowing that He sees them, and when He sees them, He sees perfection, because they are His masterpiece. But we must properly steward this ministry. Or listen, He's done it before and He'll do it again. Or God will give it to someone else. If we in this church refuse to walk in our purpose, guess what? He's going to go to another people, because we would not. God, y'all, God is not sitting and waiting. He's moving. He's alive, y'all. If we won't do it, he will find those who will. And today is the day. This moment is the moment, y'all. It's time. Y'all, the message we have literally has the ability to save souls. Listen, for all of those who, who don't have faith in Jesus Christ, we as Christians believe that we're already living in eternity. It's already started, man. And there's, there's a life to come that's still a part of this one. And everything we do in this life is counted unto us. It's accredited to us. But for those of us who believe in Jesus Christ, our accounts have been wiped. So we believe that there's a life to come after this. And that's why we talk this way, because we believe that your souls are going to one of two places. You're either going to be with the Father or you're not. So this message we have will save your soul The gospel is life, it's hope and it's love, y'all. We are meant to take this gospel of reconciliation to a lost world. You can do this. You are empowered to do this. And, and guess what? I believe in you. I believe in every single one of you that you have the ability and the knowledge and the Holy Spirit inside of you who will help you spread the gospel. Global missions, Global missions That's around the world y'all they need your prayers and they need your money huh, I'm going to tell you like it is they need, they need your prayers and they need your money I know we in America are super weird about finances but they do <laughs> this is the, the Campbell's and the Bridges and I had just recently met them at the Great Commission Mill and the reason I have their pictures up here is because I want you to put a face to a name Because oftentimes we hear of missions and it's just, it's empty faces. We can't personalize. We can't relate to them because we don't, we don't see them. We don't hear about them, but every once in a while, but guess what? These families are going to be coming to our church. They're going to be telling you what God has called them to. And y'all, they need our monies and they need our prayers because y'all, they're about to go through a season we can never imagine. Well, for me spending four months in Ireland, I have a little bit of idea and I'm going to share with you what happens in your mind when you're separated from everything you know. You're in a foreign land. Everything's scary. You're in a foreign land, this isn't your culture, it's not how you were raised and it's scary. And you're far from your families and those of us who are close to our families, that's hard. Especially for extended periods of time when that is really a source of peace. And maybe they're wondering if God actually called them to the field. Because can I tell you, I know what that's like and I've experienced that. Because when things don't pick up the way you expected, you can start to question the calling on your life. They'll be worrying about raising their children in a foreign land. Worrying about finances, y'all, they need us. They're about to go through a really hard season, and they need us. They need our prayers, y'all. There is so much power in prayer, and I believe that with my entire heart. Y'all, this is why we're doing this. This is why we're praying through, through these prayer links, because these people need our prayers. They are in the middle of spiritual warfare all the time in foreign countries, taking the gospel where it's never been before. And when we give, something beautiful happens. Scripture tells us not to store up treasures on earth where moth and rust decay, but store up treasures for yourself in heaven where it never fades. Give to this ministry. Give to them. And guess what? Store up treasures for yourself in heaven for the time to come. We must long to see souls saved. It's not about us. Y'all, it's not about us. It's time we step into our roles as laborers in the harvest because the harvest is plentiful. Luke chapter 10, 7 for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Give, y'all, give. They need finances. They need help. I'm going to be giving myself to these families because I believe in this. I'm not a rich man, but the Lord does bless me to then bless the kingdom. So I'm giving into these couples. The world is so much bigger than the USA. How many of us have been out of the country? Wow. Like 12 of us out of this whole number. The world is so much bigger than the United States of America. And Jesus is not just the Jesus of America. Jesus is not a white man with strawberry blonde hair. No, 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 no. Jesus is the Jesus of the world. The world is so much bigger, so much bigger than you can imagine. Your perspective has to shift. Y'all, this whole out of sight, out of mind thing can't go on anymore in the church. It can't. It can't just be me, my church, and, you know, us four no more. It can't be that way anymore. We have to open our horizons. We have to open our worldviews to see the world as it is, and it's dying and it's lost and it's hopeless. Matthew 24, 14 says this. And this God and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. You want Jesus to come back? Who wants Jesus to come back? Ha! You better start fulfilling the Great Commission. You cannot sit on your behind and Jesus just randomly come back. For too long, we in the church have used the return of Christ as a cop-out. Oh, the world's getting bad, but Jesus is coming back. No, 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 no. You share the gospel. You want Jesus to come back? Every, every nation will hear the gospel. You better assist in that. You better partner in the ministry. The fulfillment of the Great Commission means the return of Christ. Mark 16, 15 says this, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The world is so much bigger than America. Acts 13, 47, For so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. The world is so much bigger than America. It is our purpose to help fulfill the Great Commission. Even if we are not the ones going overseas, we must help. We must engage. We must partner Global percentages of evangelical Christianity. That's what we are, by the way. Ireland is 4.5% Christian. Wales is 4.3%. Afghanistan is 0.03%. Australia, sorry, Austria, 3.4%. Belgium, one35 China, 29 Croatia, 2%. Egypt, 1%. Iraq, 0.1%. Japan, 04 Not even 4%, 0.2%. And Israel is 0.01% evangelical Christian. The world needs Jesus. It needs the gospel. Let's partner with overseas missionaries. But some, some, some of you in this very room may be called to international and global missions. Some of you in this very room, you may be in your 50s and wondering what in the world is he talking about. But he may be even calling you to missions. Maybe you resisted the call for comfort. Maybe you resisted for personal preference, fear, feelings of inadequacy. Whatever it is, I'm telling you right now, because I long to be on the mission field one day. Whatever it is, it's never too late to answer the call. It's never too late to answer the call to missions. While there is breath in your lungs, there is hope and there is a choice. The call is there until the day you die. It's your choice if you will answer it. It's your choice. And some of you in here are called to missions. I know you are. There's no way there's a church of about 90 to 100 people and no one in this room is called to missions. There's no way. And maybe I'm preaching to myself, but it's never too late to answer the call. So this is for us as a church. This is for us as a body of believers. And if you are willing, because this is a call for us right now, if you are willing to accept the Great Commission with a new boldness and purpose, I want you to come forward right now with boldness and courage. If you right now in this moment are saying, I am committing myself to evangelize, I am committing myself, oh, Lord Jesus, Lord. Y'all, this is a command from Jesus Christ himself, and, and it's a promise to get. I'm not saying to go overseas. I'm saying to fulfill the great commission in your context. I'm saying to share the gospel to your families. Come boldly now, y'all. Today is the day. There's no more waiting for this. There's no more pushing it off. There's no more pushing aside for things to come. Y'all, today is the day. Today is the time. Well, listen, ask yourself right now. Say it out loud. Will I do my part? Say it right now, man. Will I do my part? And the thing is, man, it starts now, it starts today. This is the whole point of, the, of Christianity. The whole point of the church was established to take the gospel to the nations, but he said, first start where you are. Some of you right now have been strategically placed by the Lord to share the gospel, but we've missed opportunity after opportunity because of fear, because of feelings of inadequacy, or maybe we've just never even been taught how to share the gospel. But today is the day we step out in boldness. Today is the day we step out in courage. And so that means when you wake up tomorrow morning, you're going to be intentional with who you talk to. And you're going to be intentional. I'm not saying run up on the street corner and start screaming Jesus. I'm saying be intentional about your conversations with people. Even if you have a friend on your heart right now. Some of you have a friend on your heart. Some of you have a family member in your mind right now. Invite them to coffee this week. Clear, clear an appointment in your schedule. Invite them to coffee and tell them you have something really important you need to talk to them about. Today is the day, y'all. Today is the day we choose to fulfill the great commission in this church. Today is the day we step back into our name. Crossroads World Outreach Center. Today is the day. There's no more waiting. So in this moment, I want you to raise your hands to heaven. Holy Father, look at all these people who come together with one accord. (laughs) look at the beauty of your children saying today's the day God today is the day I choose to walk in my purpose today is the day I choose to truly walk as a disciple of Jesus Holy Spirit right now in this moment I pray you give us the wisdom and the knowledge I pray right now you start putting people in our minds who need to hear the gospel right now I pray in our minds you start to stir up a resolve in our spirits to stand when the world falls to press on when the world is, is on the attack, and to find beauty in the persecution. King Jesus, right now I pray you would empower us for every single need, every single thing, Lord God. Give us the words to say, give us the actions to take. Don't just let us speak the gospel, let us live the gospel. I pray that people would see the redemption and the transformation. Y'all raise them hands high, come on now. We're receiving something from heaven today. Lord God, I just pray you would pour out on us right now that even in the book of Acts, when they were together with one accord and they were crying out, God send your fire. Father, I pray for fire right now, fire from heaven to infill us, that fire that sits in our body, that fire that gives us boldness, that fire that gives us courage, the one that gives us that passion to say, I can't help but preach the gospel. So Lord, right now, we just thank you for the gospel. We thank you that when you saw us, you saw us hopelessness, you sent your son into a world of hopelessness to be hope, to die for the sins of the world, to live 33 perfect, sinless years, to die on the cross that was prophesied, to raise again three days later with all power and authority in his hand. Y'all worship him real quick. Say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. This will be a transformative church. This will be a light on the hill. This will be a church that draws the lost. Because we preach the gospel and not just do we preach it, we walk it, we talk it, we live it. It's everything to us in this church. Holy Spirit empowers for every single need. Any situation we go through, I pray you speak into us in that moment. Even though we are people of unclean lips, I pray that you refine our lips right now, right now, Lord God. With the fire from heaven, the God that answers by fire, I pray you send your fire to cleanse us, to refine us. Refining is painful, but oh my gosh, is it worth it. So right now, Father God, I pray the fire from heaven would refine us, that we would walk and talk as... Jesus that people would be drawn to what is sitting in us the passion the desire Lord God right now I pray if someone's been a Christian for 40 years renew the passion in them renew the passion in them if someone just gave their heart to Jesus put a passion in them put a desire to see their friends saved put a desire to see their family saved their co-workers saved the person at McDonald's the person at Walmart the lady at Waffle House Lord God Put a fire in our bellies, Lord God, wake us up at 3 a.m. all the hours of the night to pray for people. Maybe we have boyfriends or girlfriends that aren't saved. I, I, right now, I challenge you to share the gospel. And more than that, I challenge you to live the gospel. Set standards for yourself. Put up, put up boundaries for yourself that they will see. If you have an unsafe spouse, I want you to pray for them right now. If you have an unsafe spouse and you know, don't, you're not just speculating, but you know they've not given their heart to Jesus, I want you to pray right now. Y'all, let's join them right now. Lord God, we pray for all spouses that do not know Jesus. That it would no longer be a woman just leading her household as a spiritual, the spiritual leader, but the men would rise up to lead alongside them. That we would have men walk in this house full of the Holy Spirit and fire to preach the gospel and to lead this church, to stand, to stand in society, to stand in their workplace. So Lord God, right now I pray over spouses. And I pray that their spouses would walk and talk the gospel. That they would see Jesus in them and it would draw them close. So God, we just, we pray for for encouragement, Lord God, in the hard season when we're rejected with the gospel. We pray for encouragement and positivity in our hearts, Lord God. Y'all just start praying, just start praying. Come on, pray out loud, come on. This is not a moment to miss. If you're in here and you are accepting this call, it's not a moment to miss. And listen, if you just joined this church, this is not a moment to miss because we're going places in this church. The Holy Spirit is taking us places. Holy Spirit, we worship you, we thank you. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lord Almighty, who was, who is, and is to come. King Jesus, we surrender our lives to you right now. We surrender even the hidden aspects of our lives. Those areas we know we're holding to, but we shouldn't, we surrender them. Even if they aren't so-called sin, if they are not edifying Jesus Christ, if they're not glorifying the Father, we give them up right now in the name of Jesus. We surrender them right now in the name of Jesus. Young men in this house with young families, this is not a moment to miss. God wants to do something in your households. He wants to do something in your families. You could be the catalyst for your child being the next Billy Graham. You could be the one. Young men, this is not a moment to miss. Father God, empower us young men like myself to lead our families, to lead them to the cross, to lead them to Christ, to be a godly example every day of our lives, even on the hard days that we would walk in truth and love and mercy. Holy Father God, we worship you. We worship you, Lord God. We thank you, Father, that you see us and you love us and you empower us to take the gospel forward. Lord God, raise up missionaries in this house to go overseas. Raise us up, train us, send us out. Give us a resolve to leave the world behind and to seek Christ. Let us be a countercultural church. Let us be a church that is only focused on the cross. That we would reject culture and the lies it tells us. That we would walk in the truth of the cross today. Y'all keep praying in the spirit. I hear you. Keep praying. I need it too. Pray for me. I need it too. Pray for me. I need it too. I need encouragement. I need strength to go to the next level because God is calling us to a place that's scary. God is calling us to a place that's the unknown, but he's calling us as a family. Y'all don't give up. Don't give up in this moment. Don't give up in this moment. Don't be afraid of the silence because in that moment God could be trying to speak to you. So listen. I want you all to look up here at me. Look me in my eyes because today I'm sending you out. Today I'm being sent out. And we're gonna step into our purpose today. And every single, I'm looking at every single one of you because if you came up here, I'm now gonna hold you to a standard. There's a standard and I'm, I'm, I'm excited because I'm waiting for the stories of saying, Pastor Josiah, man, you wouldn't believe. I got coffee with my buddy and he gave his heart to Jesus. And I long to see you bringing your friends, not for me, but because Jesus is so good. And every, I'm trying to see every single one of you in the eyes because today is the day. Today is the moment that we take back West Columbia for the kingdom. Today, I'm looking at every single one of you because now I'm holding you to a standard. But more importantly, you can hold me to a standard. We're walking this thing together. We're doing this together. We're doing this together. God, we just worship you. We praise you, Father God, that today is a new day, that this is the season, that we are the laborers and the harvest is plentiful. Ha. Our families are ready for the reaping. Our friends are ready for the reaping. Our workplaces are ready for the reaping. Our city is ready for the weeping. Our nation is ready for the reaping. And we are the laborers going out, Lord God, in surrender to answer the call to a purpose greater than ourselves. <laughs> we love you, Father. We love you, Father. Thank you for trusting us. And every day, Lord God, I pray that you would just put a new boldness in us to steward your ministry in a new way. In your mighty, holy, worthy name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Now listen, when Monday morning rolls around, wake up with purpose. Wake up with an intentionality because you came up here, I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting great things out of every single one of you guys. Like, I'm expecting redemption stories that are going to blow our minds. I'm expecting testimonies to come into this church that is going to blow people's minds because of what Jesus has done. So excited. I love you guys. God bless. Thank you for being with us today. Don't forget golf clubs over in the Activity Center. They're golf clubs. Go check them out.